Hey, and thanks for listening again to the Beer You Go podcast. In this episode, I sit down with Dave from Santa Fe Brewing in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Dave came out and we shared a couple of the Pepe Loco beers. It's their Mexican lager, uh, which is fitting. Yesterday was Cinco de Mayo, and Dave was the one dressed up like Pepe Loco for all of the events. I hope you enjoy this podcast and uh, the more to come. Cheers. All right. Well, cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Dave. Cheers. From Santa Fe Brewing. You can call me Dave Merkin. Dave Merkin. Yeah. There was a beer I had last time. It was Merkin Murky. in the name? Murky? Murky IPA. And that was Spelled named... M-E-R-K-Y. And that was named after you? Um, yeah, and I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> okay. So being this is the research and development brewer, usually I have a little part in every brew that goes out. But that one it was fully my boss's uh, brainchild, <laughs> and it was... A murky IPA, so an East Coast IPA, hazy. It looks like yep. orange juice. Yep. Eight percent, and uh, and so they named it after you because it was one that you didn't touch. Well, the whole new craze, or the last fad of the IPAs, was hazy or murky IPAs. M U R K. Gotcha. And of course, there's someone named Murky or Merkin at the brewery, and then I got this weird email saying one day, "Hey, uh, could you take a picture of your favorite tattoos so we can use it for a beer?" And I was like, "Excuse me." Uh, sure. So, took a picture of my chest tattoo and sent it to them, and then, so that's where the sacred geometry comes from, on the tap handle. That's awesome. And then I had nothing to do with it. I don't even like IPAs. <laughs> <laughs> I like Mexican lagers. That's the yeah. cerveza we yeah. drink. Is Pepe it okay Loco. to call it a cerveza? Is that Absolutely. the same thing? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Cerveza just means beer, but yeah. it's A Mexican beer. lager. Yeah. And this, the, this logo here is on your chest? Is that what you're saying? No, or, not this okay. one. That was on the murky. Gotcha. Tomorrow is the inaugural suit-up of Pepe. They bought me a full luchador outfit. Um, Tell me more about this. Who is Pepe? Cause well, see, that's the thing, man. Right now, most like... of our listeners are in Georgia, and I don't know if they have the cultural reference that yeah. New Mexico. There are these symbols everywhere in New Mexico. So being a white male that grew up on in a native reservation in New Mexico, in Powake, was very strange to me yeah um, i was adopted and my family my mother and father were or my adopted parents were from the east coast okay they're very white like so what does it come <laughs> new york or white like yeah well that's actually not a good idea to say but um but yeah so i grew up in in a very where i was the minority so i came off as a true new mexican um but i love all of new mexico's culture green yeah. chili Light beers. Even the McDonald's here has like green mm-hmm. chili on their menu. Yeah, exactly. You have to. You have it's to market the only it. McDonald's that has a new menu. Yeah. That we've been that. to so far. Yeah. If you go to a restaurant here that doesn't have green chili, it's very very rare. <laughs> um, but I I love uh, New Mexican culture, the diversity here. It's amazing. It's such an accepting culture, and um, one of the things that comes along with it is just being proud of your state. And there's a heavy Hispanic ends and. Uh, Mexican culture here, so I kind of lean towards the Mexican culture, and my favorite beer is Dos Equis Lager. Um, Love it. We've got one of those in the Yeti down there, if we want to break that out during this podcast. Maybe that actually kind of spoils me (laughs) when I compare it to something like this. I actually had a six-pack of this in my fridge the other day and bought a four-pack of Dos Equis. But I was uh, in Denver for a collaboration festival um, with Upslope, and we were walking down 16th Street Mall. I'm sure everyone's familiar with that, the like the little strip no tell us uh yeah 
16th in New Street Me- Mall. No, it's in Denver. In Denver, okay. Yeah, okay. and uh, that's just, there's a trolley that runs up and down, and it's got all the shops, all the fun things. But there's also a bar called Coyote Ugly. Okay. Which there's a lot of people are familiar multiple with. places. Yeah, right? that's a, yeah, that's yeah, a chain yeah. bar. And uh, I would never go in there, but uh, myself and two friends were uh, walking down the strip, and there was a very scantily clad lady that was handing out free two-for-one drink tickets, and they're like, hey, do you guys want two-for-one drinks? And I said... Well, absolutely. Um, company was paid for the hotel and whatnot. We were there on business, and uh, we went up to Coyote Ugly, and it was just big trashy. I would never find myself in a place like that. Yeah. Unless there was purple lighting going on. Um, <laughs> the ambiance was not correct. But <laughs> um, And so we were like, how do these uh, drink tickets work? And they said, uh, well, you just put them on the counter, and we give you alcohol. So there's three of us. We had two drink tickets each. He said, cool, give us six shots of your well tequila. And it turned out that it was Pepe Lopez. And we took the shots, and we all cringed, and we said, damn, this needs, like, some shitty Mexican lager <laughs> to go with it. And then I was like, Pepe Loco. And then my buddy Danny, who's our events manager here, he was like, you're pretty Pepe Loco, man. <laughs> Boom. Came back on that Monday, brewed this up, Pilsner malt and uh, flaked corn, and then showed it to the owner and he was like this is where i wanted all of our clean beers to go this is where i want it and then now a year later now we're sitting here in pepe an rv loco. drinking yeah. some pepe yeah. loco <laughs> in the parking lot <laughs> drinking yeah this is very surreal it's good yeah so Thank you're you. dressing up like pepe yeah so tomorrow have, uh, or you just yeah. got the uniform well they're having photographers come in so okay. we're trying to generate some content for the uh for the release uh, let's see if I can find that picture. But yeah, generate some content for the release. We're going to kind of do it so Pepe Loco can't talk as okay. a person. It's all just eye motions and Where does, does the name come? So Loco is crazy. Yep. Uh, what it, so it is, basically means uh, Crazy Jose. Crazy. Pepe is a, is a nickname for Jose. Okay. Um, but they were actually getting kind of mad. The marketing team was like, that seems kind of derogatory. It's like calling someone Bubba. I was like... Absolutely not. Um, you're not from New Mexico, and that's not derogatory at all. It's it's actually a pretty cool name. It's a part of the culture. Yeah. So yeah. That's uh, nice. Okay, mask. so we'll have to put this yeah. photo. This may be the photo we release. Absolutely. With the post that announces the, yeah. this podcast. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. But uh, yeah, so it was just um, love it. It's great. Hey, Do you put lime in it ever? Absolutely. Okay. Lime and salt. Lime and salt. Yeah. It's, this is a this is an all day drinker, Love a it. beach drinker, you know. Love it. Yeah. So uh, let, I'm gonna back up from the Pepe Loco for a mm-hmm. second because I'm very curious as to what the tattoo was on your chest uh, that I'll you sent you over. Well, that was the logo. Yes. Yeah. So. Okay. What am I looking at here? Um, we're looking at so I'm, I have a so I said I play in bands. Yeah. I actually don't have any musical talent. I'm just a singer. Okay. <laughs> so that's that's musical. Heart that's a and talent. Lungs. Yes. Um, and then just a bunch of sacred geometry. Okay. Um, sacred from the New Mexican culture specifically. Uh, no, not not necessarily. Just okay. Um, general sacred okay. geometry. Gotcha. Um, I feel like everything has a connection. Yeah. You know, and it kind of visually depicts that. Yeah, um, I'm super curious, and maybe that's a conversation for oh, out, outside of the podcast. But like, yeah. I'm just, I would love to learn more about the idea of sacred geometry. That's new to me, yeah. and it intrigues me because I also 
believe that everything is connected and there yeah. are things that are more visually appealing than others mm-hmm. that I don't necessarily have the words to explain. Yeah. But is that... I have a very hard time describing a lot of art and what I feel and what yeah. I get off of things. Even, like, totally. when I do beer panels, you know, I, I'm up against people that are... Uh, that have gone to school for it, but, you know, um, a lot of it is, uh, what do they call it, um, anesthesia, no, not anesthesia, uh, synesthesia, you know, where, uh, okay. sounds and descriptions aren't linked to their exact words, like, this beer could taste purple, you know. Interesting. I mean? yeah, 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 So yeah, I yeah. see, like, those correlations, so I have a hard time describing what I'm actually looking at, but I, I feel sacred geometry is a pretty accurate description of, uh, DNA. Yeah. So the, stuff. so uh, my wife and I listen to podcasts often when mm-hmm. we drive, and there was one where we were uh, introduced to the idea that there is more than one brain in our bodies. So like we mm-hmm. can feel or, or we can actually think with different brains that are within us other than the one that we oftentimes associate with told. the one in our head yeah that yeah like there's one brain it's in your head mm-hmm. it's a mystery yeah. nobody really knows anything about it but we were introduced to this idea that's very intriguing to me and it oftentimes has to do with concepts and feelings that you lack words to describe intuition and yeah yeah, yeah. totally or you could relate that to things like chakras or yeah, if yeah. you want to go that spiritual yeah. or that way I believe in everything I'm going to give everything a chance you know there's not one we only believe this because we're told that's how we were raised that's how the entire American culture believes but yeah I feel like we could have some awesome yeah absolutely but let's get back to beer <laughs> yeah. let's get back to beer okay so Pepe Loco uh it's going to be, this is a year round beer. Is this mm-hmm. something that you serve all the time now? Yep. So this, okay. is, this is actually, we're going to break the market with, uh, we're going to serve this in 15 packs. Or we're going to start selling it in 15 packs. So this is going directly up against the Desakis and Modelo market. Love it. But I feel like the craft beer market <clears throat> isn't a competition. I mean, like everyone should make money and right. companies should thrive. Right. But like craft beer industry is just like everyone should get a chance, but there's so many breweries and so saturated now that it kind of is a competition but when you're going up against like AB InBev or you know like all of the larger ones you kind of have to have some sort of dominance yeah over it um, so this is going to go directly up against Modelo and, and Dos Equis which is that's awesome super awesome but we're also going to uh, introduce the 15 pack to the market cool so we can sell this um with three extra cans at the same price that we do for our Happy Camper IPA in 12 packs. Does anybody serve a 15? Um, like, you said introduce it to the market. Is that yeah. specifically craft beer or just nobody craft else beer. is doing a 15 I would pack say right craft beer. Uh, Founders okay. just released one. Okay. Um, I believe it was their all-day IPA. Gotcha. I think. But it's it's a 15 pack. Like, nobody ever heard of it. It's either 12, 18, or 30, you know? Yeah. I think some company did a 32 pack. It's like... Was that funny or, I don't know. but like <laughs> we're trying to, we're just meeting those price points, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's cool if you see a fifteen pack; it's visually appealing and it's extra beer. Yeah. <laughs> Will it be distributed as wide as some of your so other beers? So that's the other thing is, okay, it's going to be solely for New Mexico. Nice. Until it really takes off and there's demand for it, mm-hmm. um, we're going to let those larger brands 
cover the out-of-state market. How do you measure demand as a craft brewery? Our marketing team is insane. We, um, our lead marketing guy, um, I'm terrible at terminology and and, uh, job titles, um, but he used to work for Coors. Um, And so you just monitor the sales through all of your distributors, seeing what what they're picking up and seeing what large uh, chain stores are buying, like Walgreens, Costco, Sam's Club. So this is going to hit Walgreens, and that's going to be crazy to see because yeah. you have Walgreens everywhere. I don't know how Costco's go across the states, but um, you just monitor the the prior forecast, or the, sorry, the, the amount you sold last year, and then you do a forecast for it. Okay. And then month by month, you <clears throat> monitor it, and then it takes off from there. Um so when we open up our tap room in Albuquerque, on the intersection of Carlisle and I-40, we didn't realize that there was 2,500 hotel rooms within a five-minute walking distance. And this was, I think, three years ago now. Um, and we were doing 11 half barrels of Happy Camper a week, alone, just Happy Camper. All brewed from this one facility, or mm-hmm. do you brew at each of your facilities? Nope, this okay. is the major production facility, wow. or the only one. Um, but. It's just watching the market and taking it as it comes. So, so I'm going to go back to that number real quick. 11 and a half barrels, how often? Um, per week. Per in week. The first, in the first month. And if I, I was doing some research on barrels today. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to learn a lot yeah. as I do this. Yeah. It, two kegs equals mm-hmm. one barrel. Yep, so a barrel is uh, 31.5 gallons. And our brew house is 30 barrels. Okay. And that's plus or minus a few um, barrels for boiling and whatnot Um, yeah but so each brewer per day pretty much here brews two and a half batches of beer four to five days a week uh what is a batch like what would you how do you define a batch barrels so that's uh 75 barrels of beer per shift wow times 31.5 um i'm not gonna do math right now sorry no that's okay (laughs) (laughs) we're talking a lot but yeah so each brewer will brew roughly you know 2500 gallons each day for four days straight wow um and we're gonna get a new brew house that's more than double the size and are your brewers you come in and do you brew the same beer over and over because that's um, the one we, you know that, so that's that correlates back to the demand okay um so we do the forecast and usually we yep. do a forecast about a month a month and a half out just to see because if we're doing a lager so this Mexican style lager it's going to take about a month to produce from start to finish um, but our happy camper IPA 7k IPA and then social hour those three beers top selling three top selling craft beers in New Mexico nice. right now which beats out Samuel Adams and Adele's New Belgium all of that um, so we see that and we can turn that beer around in about 10 days start to finish instead wow. of a month um, so each brewer will have a set schedule of what they're going to brew, how many brews a week. So we do roughly like, um, an average per week in the summer doing about 25 brews a week, which is pretty crazy. Um, yeah. so they come in and they, they prep their grain on Sunday or Monday and get ready for the whole week. And then they have a set schedule and then just do brews back to back. And so we have 150 barrel fermenters, we have 30 barrel fermenters, 120s, and a 90. Um, so depending on what the sales force calls for, we just brew it and then have it ready for them. And then just turn 
the beer, just keep the keep the ball rolling, which is very scary because if one thing breaks, then everything shuts down. Dang. Like our boiler went down two years ago, and the boiler is pretty much seventy five percent of a brewery. The other twenty five percent is a chiller. I'd say these numbers are not accurate. I hope <laughs> to whoever is listening, do not quote me on this, but this is how I view it. Um, but like a you know you need steam to heat your hot right. liquor to make the beer and then you need uh, glycol and a chiller to keep the beer within the regulated fermentation temperatures um so with one of those things breaking which both of them did within the last two years yeah it slowed everything down yeah and now we're still 40 percent over this year already over last year 40 percent over 2018 like production mm-hmm. you've yep. produced 40 percent more to date yeah do you run off of a January to December mm-hmm. year yeah. that you're measuring that yeah. off of? Wow. Yeah. So just first quarter is over. Yeah. Today is April 2nd. Starting one, or starting two, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've started quarter two. Yeah. This will be released on May, fifth. I don't know. Yeah, 5th, yeah. May, somewhere around there. Yeah. And uh, that's why we're drinking this mm-hmm. Mexican lager right now. <laughs> I love it. It's, so this may be an ignorant question. Uh, excuse me if it is. No. I think of Cinco de Mayo, mm-hmm. and I think of Mexico. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me, this doesn't have anything to do with beer, by the right. way, but just New Mexican culture versus Mexican culture, is uh, is that something that's celebrated here, or is that a... I think Cinco de Mayo is celebrated everywhere, like, kind of the same way that Mardi Gras is. Okay, just as a drinking holiday, almost? Yeah, it's just, or St. Patrick's Day, you know, yeah, yeah. some time to get shitty on, you know, for no real reason like if you really look into it it's all based around religion really but uh except for Cinco de Mayo which is the Mexican Independence Day right um but New Mexico I mean we don't really have anything to do with Cinco de Mayo we're just the closest one because we have Mexico in our name <laughs> yeah. you know and a lot of people are very uh a lot of people ask me like when I've I've been asked before if I need a passport to come back into the state and it's okay so that makes me feel a little bit better about my ignorance <laughs> yeah no it's not ignorance i mean like the question's the question you know like, yeah i'm asking it because i don't know yeah and but uh yeah there's you're also in a state that's very culturally diverse that a lot of people do not understand and especially in this era where we have trump as a president i don't want to bring politics into it but it's just like it makes it even that much more awesome to live here we've we've experienced diversity we enjoy diversity mm-hmm. uh learning about uh different cultures mm-hmm. our neighborhood back in georgia on our street we've got uh several different nationalities represented right. and we absolutely enjoy and enjoy the learning from mm-hmm. uh different cultures different religions different belief systems yeah um, Sorry, I I'm think it's really this. important. That's okay. Crack it open. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that this is just a very strange world that we live in right now. Yeah. But, I mean, it's always been going on. I, th- yeah, so I was going to say, but it's always been a strange world. The beer like, culture, politics is not new. Oh, okay, so beer culture. beer culture is one of the best cultures ever. I feel that anything is accepted except for just, like, completely trashy, undrinkable sewage water beer. But that never comes out commercially. Um, Somebody stops it before that happens. Yeah, it's probably consumer. brewed somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> the beer culture is one of the best um, cultures to be in, surrounded by. You know, I've been in the music culture for a very long time, and not just in New Mexico. 
everywhere. Just everywhere? Everywhere. I went to a, uh, and I'm not talking ill about this, but um, I went to a cider and wine uh, conference two weeks ago in Albuquerque, and I've never met a more pretentious uh, group of people. My dog agrees. Likely <laughs> got it. Um, but my dad sold wine my whole life, so I came looking into that. Like, yeah. I never really saw it, but the beer culture is amazing. Wine and cider, maybe it's just everyone's at each other's throat, and it's so unsaturated that they're trying to make a living off of it, which, yes, but... <laughs> yeah, we... That's... Uh, so, we don't know a ton about beer, in and of itself the brewing process is kind of a learning journey as much as it is uh a journey to travel to craft breweries right uh one thing we we love is we experience the culture of whatever city we're in at the mm-hmm. craft brewery it's right. oftentimes very representative of the culture of the the area that we travel yeah. to and also the the culture of acceptance is is pretty awesome as well yeah. everybody's pretty friendly everywhere we go uh, mm-hmm. as far as craft breweries sorry michael is totally distracting me right now no, our dog who is trying to get up on the. i've deck. never i must say this that i've never seen a dog um on a windshield i've seen <laughs> dogs in rear windshields um but not like this yes and does this come down I'm it sorry. does that's okay, a cool. bed above yeah, us yeah i was gonna say i saw the tracks so we've got another bed yeah. uh, right there that this thing is awesome we really don't pull down that often yeah. Most of our extra beds are storage. Yeah, the couch turns into a bed too. Of course. We've got way too many beds in here. <laughs> <laughs> Two more up here. Yep. <laughs> One person could sleep there. Absolutely. I think I've probably done that. I've driven many <laughs> conversion vans, but nothing of this mm. size. Nice. Have you done uh, traveling? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I've done a lot uh, of driving, a lot of touring. This? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I guess the band experience that you've, you've told about, do you oftentimes travel in vans in that? Absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah, we've uh, traveled in anything from a cargo van with welded-in bench seats in the back. Love it. Um, to 15 passenger vans with eight dudes with two vans worth of equipment <laughs> crammed in there. Nice. Um, and equipment's not... Uh, it's not light or No, or it takes up a lot efficient. of space. It's yeah. dense, bulky... Especially when you're <laughs> in metal, and it's like kind of like a chauvinistic, kind of like, hey, check out this, it's so <laughs> yeah. huge, like... That's why I'm a vocalist, so I just have to have a microphone, and I'm pretty lazy. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> We're not in band, so you can't offend us. Oh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> tell me about so uh, because we're somewhat a travel beer podcast. Mm-hmm. Have you traveled to any breweries while you've traveled with a band that that we I should go to. visit? Sorry, let me get. Yeah, no, we'll it's fine. Just cut this. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Mike. Do you want me to take him out? Um, it's being he just wants the attention. He yeah. does. Yeah. I tried to hold him captive on the bed. Um, yeah, so every, pretty much every time I travel, like I travel a lot for work, they send me, it's pretty much just Colorado and like Arizona. Texas, and it's research and development is yeah. right. That's your, yeah, that's your my job position. title. Okay. So I work directly with uh, the lead brewer and the brewmaster. And we work with marketing to see if anything's coming down the pipeline that we need to hit on and uh or brew and then i brew it up on a 15 gallon scale so a half barrel um and then if it hits then we scale it up to 30 barrels but yeah what does it mean to hit like um, people here at the brewery love it um or if 
Do yeah. you put it on tap? It's just a little bit of both. A um, okay. little bit of both. Uh, like for let's see, for the murky. Well, I guess we just did that one right off the bat. But seven uh, K IPA. Mm-hmm. That's the number one top selling craft beer in New Mexico. And um, I did about six test batches of that before we actually released it. And who are you testing it with? Um, the lab manager, the lead brewer, um, brewmaster, myself. Okay. And our general manager. And if uh, we want a certain flavor profile, it was all the brewmaster's recipe. He came to us uh, four years ago from Samuel Adams. And he's crazy. He will pull any recipe out of whatever nook and cranny you want. But um, he's awesome. He's actually one of my great friends. Um, But he had this idea that we needed a new West Coast style IPA. And about two years ago, that's what was coming down the pipeline. And so I did about six test batches on that, and then... And what does 7K stand for? 7,000. Um, okay. So we're at 7,196 feet right here. At nice. the brewery, specifically. Yeah. Um, not in this parking lot, because I can see a steady incline uh, <laughs> looking up this road. Um, but uh, yeah, so Santa Fe is 7,000 feet. Um, it's 7%, and it's 70 IBUs. So it's nice. 777 and 7K. Now, in the same way... Is to, I keep going not to beer. No, it's fine. Beer. In the same way that geometry is significant mm-hmm. and uh, tells a story maybe or can speak in a way that our English words cannot, numbers can do the same. Mm-hmm. Numbers scare me sometimes. <laughs> um, not just because of the math equations, but uh, <laughs> yeah, they correlate to a lot of things. Yeah. So, 7K, I, I, I'm just putting that together, because yeah. 7 uh, in biblically it, is a, a significant number as well. Okay, yeah. So, it's um, an interesting correlation. It may or may not have also <laughs> been a uh, marketing tactic, because one of the larger breweries in Albuquerque has, may or may not have the word elevated in their um, in their beer name. Yeah. So, um, it's not an attack, but... Right. We just, you know, had to put something out to kind of engage the customer. Yeah. That's well, the other thing is the name. You read a name like Pepe Loco, you're very interested in it, especially absolutely. people from out of state. It gives, And it, it communicates gives, the, the type of beer it is and the exactly. name as well. Yeah. Exactly. It, it translates perfectly, but it also gives people a chance to relearn Spanish or feel like they know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something along those lines. But yeah, so 7K was just, uh, you know, you had to make a 7% beer, 7,000 feet. It was, it all, that beer started from a marketing standpoint yep. instead of a flavor profile. That's, that's interesting. Uh, my background being digital marketing, mm-hmm. so somewhat, which I know is only a, a very small part of marketing. You gotta make the people see what they're about to drink. Yes. Which is it, huge. The forecasting stuff though intrigues me and, yeah. and I wish I knew more about that side of marketing. I'm so glad I'm not involved with that because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... I just do what I'm told. <laughs> yes, and uh, it's great that you have awesome marketers involved that can yeah. forecast and, and get you the numbers that you need to know what types yeah. of beer you need to make. And what what So what are some, if you can say, mm-hmm. what are some beers coming down the pike that are going to be trending in the next year, two years? Do you, do you um, see that type of stuff as you're brewing? Yeah, definitely. Um, so the social hour... That one was, so they sent me to all these beer conferences and whatnot, and uh, 
I went to CBC, which is Craft Brewers Convention, and they sent me to Nashville last year, which is okay. my first time in Nashville. Nashville is so amazing from a musical and cultural standpoint. You know, it's yeah. I guess it's like to me, it related a lot to Austin, Texas, yep. which is awesome. Which I don't know much else about the state, but like, I felt that place was huge. But so I that was my first large craft brewers convention or like larger scale something, and they're like, well you got to bring something back that we can work with. And I never really did well in school, so lectures and talks are not my thing. You know, I learn, I like to learn hands-on. Um, but I went to a seminar that was What's Trending, and it basically talked about millennials, and which is like the butt of every joke and yeah. whatnot of what's going on right now. And uh, But I went to a seminar that's What's Trending right now, and pineapple and guava, apparently, and wet beers. What do we have on tap? We have a seven percent, seven point two percent pineapple guava wit beer, and there you go. so it was something like that that really makes it worthwhile for those kinds of conventions. But uh, yeah, um, something that's coming down the pipe for like today, I was brewing up a Brut IPA, B R U T, like the deodorant and cologne. Or the champagne. Or the champagne. Like oh, the yeah, yeah, that too. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's, so that, that style of beer is, uh, so I thought the IPA boom was done. You know, like, we all saw it rise up, and then you were watching your friends drink, like, incredibly hoppy beers that they didn't even want to drink, and they are just cringing, they are just, like, kind of doing it as, like, a hipster movement, you know? We like, had one IPA that, I won't mention anywhere that we had it. <laughs> uh -oh. In fact, the the bartender who served it to us, told us at the brewery she was like i can't drink this ipa i don't like it but we did it because people want to come in here and like see how high of an ibu beer they can enjoy do you and know the ibus on that beer i don't i'm I do not, not ask the name but like, i do not remember yeah. i just know it was horrible <laughs> it was probably over 100 easy yes and, uh, uh i want to say 120 but that's just uh off the yeah. top so people think that like making an IPA is making it as bitter as possible. No, like what, it, what <laughs> would you make spaghetti like as saucy as possible just to make the sauciest That's <laughs> not what makes it spaghetti. <laughs> no, it's not what makes it spaghetti. It's a balance. It's, yeah, it's, totally. it's good flavor profile and you have to be able to drink it. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to make the hottest chili. No, that's not how it works. You have to, you have to make them drawn to it. Yeah. Somehow. But, sure. Sorry, that was an interruption no, to it's the fine. story of um, so uh, brewed IPAs. IPAs. Yes, yes. Um, so I brewed up, a, uh, brewed up a Brute IPA today, and I feel like that's going to be the next big thing for okay. um, the market. But also, IPA um, fads are becoming shorter and shorter now because everyone's so... Now we are, we're at like 5,000 breweries in the nation, which is like 1500 over pre-prohibition you know like it's crazy yeah. when i started here it's almost seven years ago we had 25 breweries in the state maybe and now we're 2019 we're probably looking at 100 and it's crazy it is crazy but you know there are um, a so ton the, of the fads are changing exponentially it's just i would say that's not just over. beer it's it's the communication capabilities that we have today would you blame the internet like i do Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> My wife is laughing right now because I would totally blame the internet. <laughs> I, I don't want to blame the internet, but like when I was a kid, you know, I'd have to do my research. Well, let's let's do this for a second. If you're going to blame the internet, you have to blame 
the desire for quicker communication. So you go back all the way to language starting, mm-hmm. and that's the reason why we're here. And and the internet's not the end of it. We're gonna continue no. to increase communication capabilities yeah. to where fads. Uh, this is a bold statement. I don't know if it's gonna be true or not. Fads may no longer be a thing because of how fast communication actually happens. So yeah, so fads are have like an expectancy of time, right? To hold on to, but. Maybe they're just turning into ideas. We are just living in the time where the internet is the reason for fads, or like the yeah. the, the shortening of fads. Yeah. But before that, phones. Yeah. Be- I mean, I guess I would go to cell phones first, and then back to landline phones, yeah. and then back to yeah mail, the, and then back to language and, it's and writing and anything. When I was a kid, you know, I'd, I had dial-up, which was cool, but I had instead of looking in an encyclopedia or going to the library. AOL, boom, boom, boom. You know, right. put it in, and now kids are just like eight years old mm-hmm. with phones, and now they have access to every single bad thing that they ever wanted, and it's scary. And it is. So yeah, I, I agree completely with the whole fad thing. Is the fads are not a fad anymore? They're just ideas, I guess. They're just rolling through. Yeah. So maybe the next idea is brute idea. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. All right. Deal. Yeah. And uh, hopefully this one hits. Yeah. When are you, do you know when you're releasing um, the brute IPA? Well, so we had a, here in Santa Fe on Saturday, we Mm -hmm. had, today's Friday? No, Monday. Tuesday. 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 Sorry. (laughs) That's how my schedule goes. (laughs) Um, And I have not been drinking. Don't worry. Um, But, uh, yeah, we had a cask festival, so they're, you know, the little metal barrel-looking things that are five gallons. Um, we had a cask festival at a local brewery called Blue Corn, and um, I brewed up a brute IPA and put it in a cask, and it's supposed to be a naturally conditioned ale, which means just repitching sugar and yeast. What does repitching mean? Um, adding more. So it's, uh, you put the wort, the sugar water, yep. um, post-fermentation. Okay. Um into a cask into a five gallon metal uh barrel thing and then to carbonate it you naturally condition it which means you repitch sugar uh dextrose and then yeast so it'll naturally carbonate okay so the yeast will eat the sugar and then create carbonation and a little bit more alcohol um so you don't have to force carbonate the pin which is almost near impossible um and then you tap it and then you have uh i call it old timey it's got a real old-timey vibe to it. Um, but uh, So I brewed up a brewed IPA for that. Okay. And um, out of seven of the beers that were on tap for that festival, they said that brewed IPA was the best one. And I heard it from a brewery just down the street, and I heard it from two other breweries just down the street that it was the best one. But I was also competing against a an oyster stout that was dry hopped with bananas. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting yes, what the combination. Hell is going on in the brewery culture. <laughs> Everybody's trying Everything to do going... something, right? Something new that hasn't been done before. <laughs> an oyster stout dry hopped with bananas. Is that Ooh. what you said? Did I get that? Yeah. Right? Okay. I mean, I am. Cu- I hate that I'm curious and I want to try it now. <laughs> I'm no longer curious. <laughs> Let's just say that. Okay. Um, it's a great idea, but like, there's everything out there. Yeah. So I, uh, talking about that, there's everything out there. Um, a few years ago, someone brought in a, uh, it was called Walking Street 
Brewing Brewery from Pennsylvania. It was a goat brain, goat brain, cranberry IPA. I love that you said goat brain twice. Yeah, Just to no, make sure I, I, like, I did, I did. you did not misunderstand <laughs> yeah, me. It, it's, it's a, well, gro- I looked at the a bottle. goat brain. It was very weird. It was, was there actually goat brain yeah, in goat, the ingredients? Goat, goat brain and cranberries in this IPA. And I, I think it had something to do with The Walking Dead. I don't know. Probably. But okay. let me just give you some insight. That's yeah. some insight into what the hell is going on in the brewing culture yeah. these days. That's it's, your job right now is to figure out yeah, research yeah. and I'm development. I'm not going to go that extreme. <laughs> I just put cucumbers in a beer the other day. Like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I know someone's going to drink not that. Not quite goat brain. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. It's so weird. That is funny. It, but there's always people out there. There's pizza beers. Interesting. Someone, someone what is a pizza hop, beer? Um, I my my friend just showed me this the other day. Is someone put slices of pizza and money, dollar bills, into a beer? I'm not joking. Well, I hope not. I didn't actually look it up. Okay. But he showed me the article, and it didn't seem like it was from like the Onion or whatever. You know, yeah. It didn't seem like it was a faulty website. Like. <laughs> But that's the extremes that people are going right now. Is but we whether whether that one's the case or not, metaphorically, like you can you can say people are going to crazy extremes to yeah. try to make a beer that is so different from any other beer mm-hmm. that's ever been made that you've never had before, or you never even want to try to make. And Why would someone do that? That is very interesting. Mm-hmm. They don't have the same marketing department that Santa Fe has. No, plus they're probably not selling in eight states, and they're probably not yes. uh, have 11 core beers, and, you know, so. And I guess that's where my job comes into play, is to see if that would work or not, or if it would hit, you yeah. know. Um, yeah. But that's crazy. <laughs> that I is think... insane. That's literally throwing money away. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, could you pull it out after it was boiled, though, and still spend the money? Like, it's only... I would hope so. I mean, money's pretty structurally... Yeah. It's paper. It's paper. I don't yeah. know if you boil paper if it does. I'm I don't think it would dissolve or, or deteriorate. But Interesting. Yeah. I wonder if you could then sell, and this is probably the mindset that makes people do this. Sell it at a higher rate. Sell the $1 bill that you put into the beer at the brewery for $2. Exactly. And then you're Maybe. making money at that. Like you're, you're well, I've heard that. Uh, <laughs> doubling your money pennies. and selling beer. Pennies cost more to make than they're actually worth. Don't get me started on pennies, man. Okay, yeah, cool. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> let's not there's, go there. I'm perfectly the, fine with not the going there. quote that I think, the, there's a YouTube video that went viral a few years ago uh-huh. on pennies. And the line that I have that's probably most accurate, I can't come up with a better one, is pennies are a leech on our society. Mm-hmm. Because they do cost more to make. Yeah. And you can't use them anywhere. Yeah, there's not even penny machines anymore. Nobody will take my pennies. Who puts pennies on a train track anymore? Well, let's not get into pennies. <laughs> we're, already, we're already going. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Okay, so. The guy that was just walking across the parking lot with yes. the toolboxes and whatnot, he's one of the biggest conspiracy theorists ever. I want to talk to him. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> do you have, like, a week? <laughs> we, can, we, can do a, we can start a new conspiracy podcast. He's the one. I and I also it. call him my dad, which he looks exactly like me, but... He's not my dad. <laughs> but he goes with it. That's great. Because <laughs> I listen to him rant. But, yeah, so let's talk about beer. Yeah. No more uh, So, <laughs> this is the 
largest and the oldest brewery mm-hmm. that we have interviewed for podcasts so far. Cool. The craft brew scene, I'm looking at uh, a sign here, established in 1988. The craft beer scene in 1988, I would imagine, looks very, 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 very different than the mm-hmm. craft beer scene in 2019. Absolutely. Do you have any insight from the people who have been around here since uh, a, a long time of what was going on here at Santa Fe in 1988? Um, personally, um, I've talked to people who have been in the industry, but they, I don't know their personal thoughts on it. Um, but I was reading an article um, from some brewer's magazine about New Mexico breweries and uh, Nico from Turtle Mountain, which is in Rio Rancho, I believe, which is about 40 minutes south of here. Um, he said that when he started in about in the early 90s, it was all the Tecates and Modelos and um, Coronas. Um, craft beer was just a joke. Like, it was a weird, nerdy hobby. Yeah. But let alone, like, now look at it and... He's still thriving, and he's actually one of the best brewers in probably the Southwest. Um, Then he owns his own business, but he made it through the um, the commercial products being developed. You know, starting a little brewery in Rio Rancho, and even Rio Rancho back then was very small. Even Santa Fe was really small. I remember that coming to this side of town in probably '92 when I was four years old. I'm also just as old as this company. Um, which is kind of cool, um, but um, I remember when Santa Fe stopped, like three miles north of here, and now we're on the south side, and now we have car dealerships and s- suburbia going on, and McDonald's and stuff. A little bit of city sprawl happening with Santa yeah. Fe. But the craft beer industry is just, um, the guy that hired me here, his dad actually started Santa Fe Brewing Company, Okay. Um, and he taught me about 90% of what I know about beer that 10% really got crammed in. It's like the whole uh, fad thing. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of my knowledge got crammed in that last 10%. But um, pale ale is our oldest recipe. We haven't changed it. And it's been around. That was the first beer we ever made. So. You're still serving it? Mm-hmm. What Absolutely. What's the name of that one? Just pale ale. Santa Fe Santa Pale, 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 pale yeah. ale. What color is that can? Um, now it's a... I'm terrible with the can. Uh, colors. That's um, okay. It's like turquoise and yellow. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I know. So I've I've looked at your cans and I love yeah. the simplicity of the design. Yeah. And how you can tell a can apart from uh, another just based on a but there's quick still that, glance. But there's still that uh, Santa Fe Brewing. You know, it's from Santa Fe Brewing. It, so immediately. That's what, yeah. That's yeah. what our that's what our marketing team when we hired Jarrett, he had to redesign the whole label and everything, and he went to town with it and. Made it streamlined, but also very different from the next can. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think it did an incredible yeah, job. Yeah, when I saw this can, I felt like I did something besides graduating high school. <laughs> 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 that was the last uh, thing I went to. Did I think so? Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a... The last thing I had to go to, I guess, yeah. <laughs> before getting jobs in the real last world. last <laughs> forced education, maybe. Exactly. Education Thank doesn't you. end... After high school right, or no, college but the, or whatever, but the mandatory, there's a, yeah, there's yeah. a mandatory education response. Yeah, so, you know, and but I felt like I completed something when I saw this can. Yeah, but it was because of them. They built it, and I just made the liquid. That's awesome. So Santa Fe, 
cool city. We stayed not too far around, mm-hmm. uh, not too far away from here, and we went and saw the Tent Rocks. Oh yeah, National Tent Rocks Monument. is amazing. It was incredible. Yeah. What are some other things? So if people are traveling through, I don't know if we're going to be talking to people who are traveling to breweries mm-hmm. or just maybe we get some people in Santa Fe who. What What are other things you could do around this area uh, um, besides visit your brewery? Just visit the brewery and just live here. No, <laughs> just joking. hang out at um, the brewery. That's I really like uh, New Mexico. I've lived here my whole life, okay. and I've had no reason to leave. I get four seasons. It's a high-altitude desert, which is a very unique culture um, or environment. Um, 7,000 feet, you know, we get 300 sunny days a year. Um, this last year, we got a lot of snow. Um, skiing, snowboarding, we got a lot of Texas and Oklahoma coming through. Um you're right next to Colorado, depending, here in Santa Fe, I mean, we're, you know, four hours from any part of Colorado, really, six hours from Denver, if you want to take it slow, um, the outside, hunting, uh, fishing, um, I do a lot of dirt biking and mountain biking, nice. um, there's a very heavy, uh, where I grew up in Pawake, which is, um, about 20 miles north of Santa Fe, is eight minutes uh, south of the lowrider capital of the world, which is a very heavy influence on our culture, which means there's a lot of cars and dirt bikes, motorcycles. When you there. say lowrider, it's the the cars that yep. you drop as low to the yep. ground as you can. Am it I describing this Espanola. okay? Would you describe it better than me? I know. It's just okay. The cars on hydraulics with tiny wheels and flashy paint jobs and uh, yeah. sketchy people who are probably the best people you ever met in your life and who you want on your side driving yeah. them. Uh, there's a very huge stereotype behind it with a lot of drugs and bad things going on, but no, it's just a, it's a family culture. Yeah. Um, but a lot of, you know, uh, car culture here, um, but things to do in Santa Fe is just come here and check it out and absorb all the views. We have skies for days. Yes. Skies and mountains. We have absolutely loved the skies and the mountains. Yeah, can I interrupt Yes, real quick? Okay, this so is Grace. I remember last time we were here, you took us on one of the best brewery tours Excellent. maybe Thank ever. You. And I was asking about the can and the... New Mexico flag and the Zia symbol on mm-hmm. it, and you started telling me about a, is it a festival? Is that right? A mm-hmm. festival that happens here every year. Would you tell people about that? Which festival? Was the one oh Zazobra? Yes, Zazobra. Yes, yeah. It. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Here we go. Um, so, I think it's. Um, it's been going on for 150 years, but uh, it is Zozobra, which is Z-O-Z-O-B-R-A, and it is, we call them Old Man Gloom, and it's a New Mexican tradition. We uh, build a giant effigy, um, a giant statue um, of a old man in a white robe, and the entire... A lot of New Mexicans come out, and uh, we burn him. And we call him Old Man Gloom is because um, once a year on September 5th, uh, you get to put all of your gloom and your worries and hopefully reset for the year um, and burn all of your bad energy, which is awesome in the New Mexican culture. It gets kind of rowdy, but um, that's a huge thing in New Mexico, too. Is the culture runs deep. We have a lot of uh, natives as well. Um, and a lot of Spanish, a lot of Mexicans, 
Um, and there's Indian market, which happens in the late summer. And then there's uh, Spanish market. And um, those correlate with Zozobra and whatnot. One thing I, I think I can see in New Mexican culture and, and just hearing you talk about New Mexican culture that I really appreciate is just the acknowledgement of energies mm-hmm. that you can actually Absolutely. release energies, accept new energies and uh, be an energy that exists mm-hmm. among other energies. And that's maybe really out there, but no, it's, uh, it's right at home for me and, and to other people. It'll be way the hell out there. And, and, <laughs> but, and like, energy is not the right, you know, like the word I'm saying is not what you're hearing. It's the, it's a, whatever is associated yeah, I with can't that. Even, I can't even talk about there, There's no uh, <laughs> yeah. words to put around it, but there's this force, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that well, in Española, the Loreto capital of the world, um, which from here is probably 45, 50 miles north of here, there's a heavy Sikh community. Um, you know, Sikhs, the... Mm-hmm. They're, they uh, came there because it is the polar opposite of the Holy Land. Interesting. So, um, a lot of books talk about hot spots around the world, and Santa Fe and Española so, are a heavy, heavy hot spot for energy, and they use that term very is, loosely. Right, right. Yeah. There, there's a lot associated with that term. Yeah. I'm learning something new here, I think. So, if I were to put a pin if i were to hold a small globe mm-hmm. put a pin through israel the, the holy land and that pin that is straight comes out of our I'm globe sure. on That's the other end it comes out uh-huh. in espanola yeah uh that is really incredible it gives me chills sometimes yeah i've never had to do it but i believe in it so heavily yeah and i like to keep you know i talk with a lot of people but i like to keep certain things down low. I don't like to pressure people into talking about things and I'm I'm very open minded. But shit's crazy. <laughs> How do you learn if you're not open minded? Oh, you know real quick. <laughs> you can see it in their eyes. Yeah, yeah. well I'm just it's... saying like uh yeah. How does someone how does somebody learn without being open minded? Like uh, I think the open mindedness of New Mexico is pretty incredible. One of my favorite authors actually is set up in Albuquerque. Really? And he has, I have learned so much from his writings. And Mm -hmm. he oftentimes uh, will use New Mexican culture as a metaphor for what he's trying to get across. Because whatever has been happening here in New Mexico for a long time uh, is... things. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting, weird. Well, people have been living here. We're so off the beer track now. I hope this yeah, is okay. I know. <laughs> people have been living in New Mexico now for 11,000 years or more. Like, the the one of the caves we looked up to go to was, like, see some dwellings of, mm-hmm. of humans that have lived oh, yeah. here 11,500 yeah, years the, ago. Uh, cliff dwellings, like, bandolier, um, tent rocks, like, all of it. It's insane how long people have been here but really shows in the culture because yeah it's in mexico crazy and then some white and i'm also very white and um <laughs> <laughs> and i don't know 
people don't judge me, but it's because you can just tell, you know, when someone's been here and it's just, I don't know. So here's an energy. We're going to go back to beer here uh, towards the end because we got to yeah. wrap up with something. Beer. Yeah. <laughs> Grace and I came into Santa Fe Brewing mm-hmm. at around 11, 15 a.m. for the first time. Not today, for the first time because we wanted to do another brewery stop. And you and I forget his name. Brandon Losack. Brandon Losack. Yeah. We're sitting at the bar That's next to us. one of my best us. friends. And at just uh, talking about energy, we came in and immediately there was just this. I'm gonna try to use words to describe the energy: friendly, accepting, uh, genuine, fun well, energy. Cheers to that. Thank you. Yeah. That's what we try to promote. That that we experienced immediately. I would drink, but this one's empty, so <laughs> yeah, I don't have a cheers to that one. Uh, when are we? No, probably not, because we're gonna have to drive out of here soon. <laughs> uh, so there's just this energy that that existed for us that we remembered. And we, that's why we're here again, is because we were traveling back through, and it's like, we've got to go back through. Whether we can do a podcast or not, we're going to go visit Santa Fe, because there was something happening there, there was a fun environment where beer is not the end, it's it's like the means to it, like... It's not the uh, start or the finish. No, yeah, you're doing what you love. And I really appreciate that, because that's, him and I especially, we pick up on a lot of that, and we try to I'm glad it was us, because I remember that specifically too. Now that you nailed it down to 11:15 a.m. on, um, <laughs> so, but that was, uh, yeah, no, that was. Uh, I mean, I like to be treated how I treat other people, you know. Like, yeah. so it's always. Um, but you can also. He's lived here his whole life, and he's another tall, gangly white dude. You know, and he's just <laughs> been through the ringer of. You know, New Mexican culture, but um, we also just you can tell when people are good people and coming from out of town and you want them to experience I'd say we're fucking spoiled here <laughs> um, because it's just so amazing and it just like has that that vibe and you know I, I've had the chance to that's him that's a conspiracy guy sorry I'm pointing at a white truck pulling out of the parking lot um, conspiracy guy but uh, yeah that's the dude man. you want to talk to about pennies that is, <laughs> that is the dude um, not conspiracies and the pennies but um, yeah but uh, Brandon Losack and I um, we really value and we really appreciate um, the culture. And then having a uh, subculture in that culture, the beer community, yeah, brings so much more together. It's so totally. awesome. And it seems like a great... It's healthy. ...fit for each other, yeah. if you will. Absolutely. Like the beer culture fits very well I mean, into that's why the bars, culture here at Santa Fe. Bars and beer was made for the longest time. Is It wasn't just a... It wasn't just calories and carbs. It was a, a social thing, you know? Yeah. It was supposed to bring people together. And so, if that's what it does, let's facilitate that and let's get this thing going. Like, let's let's go for it. Absolutely. Let's run. Yeah. It, that's been our experience. Yeah. Good. That beer brings people together. So don't go to too many cideries, is what I'm saying. <laughs> 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 the wineries and the cideries. <laughs> I grew up in the wine culture, so I can say that. Um, but, yeah. I yes. love the brewery life. Yeah. I basically showed up here almost seven years ago and never left. My mom said, put your... You don't have to go to college, just graduate high school, put your hands to use, and um, I was a head teller at a bank for two and a half years, and then I found this, and I was like, cool, this is awesome, let's go, and then people like you guys show up, so it's like, super cool. Yeah. 
but we've had a great time here yeah uh is there any way you'd like tell people they could find you guys on on social media yep um basically how do people find you um myself personally sure um (laughs) yeah no i uh so you can find santa fe brewing company on uh facebook social uh instagram santafebrewing.com s-a-n-t-a-f-e brewing um or uh my instagram is skull splatter and that has a lot of you on instagram that's a that has a lot of that has a lot of brewery culture (laughs) on it too because usually (laughs) the funniest pictures happen at events and such and uh they've called me the mascot for santa fe brewing Love it. And once Pepe Loco is actually in the human form, the embodiment of Pepe Loco, you'll see that person on social media. Love so. it. And then where can people buy your beers? Um, we are in eight states, and I'm lacking on that knowledge You don't right have now. to name all of them. Okay. But those are um, mostly here surrounding New Mexico. Yeah, so okay. Arizona, Texas, Colorado, I know it goes Oklahoma. all the way to Oklahoma, because yeah. we were there and we yeah. got some of it. Um, this is... Uh, it's it pops out at you if you're looking for uh a red cross with a yellow background it's called a zia and uh it'll poke you right in the eye if you don't see it already um but look for santa fe brewing company with a red cross and or kind of red cross but yeah. yeah in all the major yep that's me all right don't we look just too followed you on that. instagram <laughs> and we already follow santa fe we recommend that everybody do the same. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, we're in the business of uh, making great beer. Yep, I can. It's uh, not going to stray too far from the path. So if you are, uh, I call our I call ourselves a gateway brewery actually, just because <laughs> we do something for everyone. And if you don't like craft beer, we're going to get you. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. All right, thanks again for listening to the Beer You Go podcast. Go pick up a Santa Fe beer if you can, if they're distributing near you. I highly recommend the Pepe Loco, tasty Mexican lager. And we still have some hats for sale on our website. We've got the discounted price still going, so head on over to beerigo.com, pick up a hat, uh, support our journey on the road, traveling to craft breweries, interviewing experts in the craft beer industry. We have another podcast coming up in two weeks. We'll be releasing it on a Monday, two weeks from now. And it is with Hopkinsville Brewing. We went a little bit out of order so we could release this one with Pepe Loco near Cinco de Mayo. Uh, but we've got Hopkinsville coming up next. Really fun brewery. They let us stay overnight in their parking lot. We woke up and recorded it the next morning and had an absolute blast with everybody in Hopkinsville. Have a great week. Cheers.